share and subscribe. She's made a quota for me. And if we don't hit 300, um, Hillary said she's going to wipe my server. I don't know what that means. Well, folks, a race to find a missing submarine, a TikTok coup in Russia, billionaire cage fights, yoga at the U.N. We've got quite a news roundup for you today. You're watching the Ministry of Propaganda. Let's dive right in. Prigozhin, the leader of the Russian private military company Wagner, announced on Saturday evening that Wagner mercenaries had abandoned their attempted insurrection just hours before a potential assault on Moscow. It was the first coup attempt in Russia in three decades in a deal brokered by Belarus leader Alexander Lukashenko. Prigozhin said his convoy of troops, weapons, and tanks would stop their journey towards Moscow and return to their bases after 24 hours of crisis in which the Kremlin scrambled to turn the capital into a fortress to fight off the rebels. Dmitry Peskov, President Vladimir Putin's spokesman, said that fighters from Prigozhin's militia would not be charged because of their deeds on the front. He added that some Wagner fighters who came to their senses and had not taken part in the uprising would sign contracts with the Russian Defense Ministry. Prigozhin has agreed to leave Russia for Belarus as part of the deal to end his armed uprising with charges against him to be dropped, the Kremlin said. Mm. Well, history tells me that sending a bald Russian man into exile might not mean that it's the last we hear of him. Our hosts, Rich and Chris, will be talking about this in just a moment. And now we turn to the bottom of the North Atlantic Ocean, where this week international teams spent days desperately searching for a deep-diving submersible that went missing while exploring the wreck of the Titanic. Unfortunately, all five people on board, including some billionaires, were already dead and had probably died instantly when the submarine imploded last Sunday. The U.S. Navy knew this but couldn't tell anyone because the sensor they used was a super sneaky secret. It's a story that captured the world's attention but raised a lot of questions too, particularly because of the extensive search effort which contrasted drastically with a much bigger tragedy that struck off the coast of Greece where a fishing boat carrying hundreds of migrants capsized, resulting in over 300 Pakistani lives lost. Five versus 300, well, all lives are equal, but maybe some are more equal than others. Shifting our attention to Ukraine, things have been quite a roller coaster there. Firstly, a bridge connecting Ukraine to Crimea was reportedly struck by Kiev, but reportedly some of the arms donated by other countries have turned out to be nothing more than scrap metal. Ouch! Ukraine has finally made its first minor territorial gain in the southern Zaporizhia region since its counteroffensive started. Zelensky said that um, the offensive was not like Hollywood and we should be patient. I sort of disagree with him. Hundreds of millions of dollars investment that, that turns out to be a flop? Has he watched Cats or a Transformers movie? That's one of the most Hollywood things to be. In China, our very own Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, made a groundbreaking visit. The first by a U.S. Secretary of State since 2018. He's on a mission to mend the strained relations between Beijing and Washington. Now some of those congressional Republicans didn't seem too thrilled about it. They accuse Blinken of jeopardizing national security and wanting to cozy up to China. They sure like that hardline approach. But Blinken, undeterred, stressed the importance of direct engagement and communication at the highest levels. He even tried to 
open up a military-to-military -military communications channel with China, but they gave him the cold shoulder. Oh, well, back to the drawing board. Blinken also made it clear that the U.S. doesn't support Taiwanese independence and upholds the one China policy. Well, thanks for that flashback to 1972, Blinken. <laughs> thanks for making me feel so relevant. Within China itself, we've got some big changes at Alibaba. Daniel Zhang, the chairman and CEO, is stepping down as the company undergoes a major reshuffle. It's all happening amidst Beijing's reform on the big tech companies. Talk about a turbulent time. In other news from the good old U.S. of A., uh, we've got some interesting tidbits for you. Uh, according to new census data, the average age of Americans has hit an all-time high, reaching over 38. We're, we're getting older, folks. But, hey, age is just a number right now. Brace yourselves for this one. Elon Musk, the billionaire extraordinaire, challenged Mark Zuckerberg to a cage match. That's right, a cage match. These tech moguls sure know how to keep us entertained. <laughs> They're even discussing possible venues. Musk suggested the Octagon in Vegas. Well, maybe Zuckerberg could recommend his metaverse. It might finally give people a reason to visit the metaverse. Personally, in light of this week's events, I suggest a nice level playing field for the billionaires. Maybe the inside of a Titan submersible. Guess who's making waves in the U.S.? India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi. He's paying a state visit and... He even led a yoga session at the U.N. As you can see, I have dressed for the occasion. These are my yoga pants. That's right, folks. Modi is stretching his diplomatic muscles. For those playing geostrategic chess, India could play a crucial role in countering China's influence. And Modi is seeking defense and technology cooperation. Let's see if he can draw American investment and technology. Oh, and he also held a news conference where he answered questions from the floor. Uh, first for him, big whoop, Mr. Modi. Now... Let's take a quick look at the squeaky clean and honest world of U.S. politics. Hunter Biden, President Biden's son, is ready to plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges. Uh, looks like he might avoid prison time. And in an interesting twist, former President Donald Trump is facing trial for allegedly holding on to confidential documents and obstructing the government's efforts to retrieve them in case that that was too complicated for you. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Uh, so the old president is going to court for hiding top secret nuclear war plans next to his toilet and the current president's son is going to plead guilty to owning a gun while being addicted to crack. Over in illegally occupied Palestine, tensions are on the rise. After a West Bank settlement was attacked, uh, the settler government decided to build 1,000 new homes in response. That's how you de-escalate tensions, steal more land. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, our favorite British-American influencer, Andrew Tate, is facing human trafficking charges in Romania. This looks like such a beta male situation. Tough luck, little buddy. Well, that's all for this week's News Roundup, folks. Stay positive and stay informed, and remember to keep that smile on your face. This is Richard Nixon signing off, reminding you that every day is a great day for propaganda. Uh, I mean news. Hello, everyone. Hello, Chris. Hello, Rich. Yes. Uh, we're going to be talking about the coup, the uh, the TikTok coup, the 24-hour coup. Um, and as I've started to like to call it is, uh, I don't think it was a coup, actually. I think it was uh, an attempted road trip. That's actually what I'm calling it because they didn't quite get to Moscow. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Chris, uh, where do you want to start with this one? Quite an interesting story, right? Yeah. 
So the one that I, I came up with was this, it's not a coup, it's a special internal military operation. <laughs> yes. Um, it. It's quite refreshing for our show to be able to do an episode where we are breaking news that already has a beginning, middle and end. Um, when we first started to the news broke, we thought this was going to be an ongoing thing. Um, in my research today, I've been looking at the BBC's coverage of it, where they've said uh, Russian uh, potential civil war day one update. Like they were salivating at the opportunity for day two, which hasn't hasn't come. Um, so mm. this is a very bizarre situation. Um, there's quite a lot to unpack, and it's going to be interesting mm. to see the ramifications of of uh, Friday evening, going on Saturday morning, going into the future, because it, 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 there's going to be ramifications. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Um, I think, as you said, the coverage is always interesting. The BBC and Western media, I didn't know that they put day one already, sort of implying that this was the <laughs> beginning of a long, drawn-out civil war. Um, I didn't know that. But I, I, did, I, I, did, I was looking forward to, sadly, this thing was so quick. That we didn't get the chance to start seeing a new, you know, angle and seeing Prigozhin. It's like, oh well, um, you know, no longer the butcher of Bakhmut or whatever title they might want to give him. You know, maybe he was going to become the freedom fighter or maybe become some sort of character that you know that would 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 have a yeah. new name. Um, you know, the, the the Russian free Syrian army or something like this. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but well, yeah. to be honest, I think that. So his initial video. I don't want to break uh, the timeline up. Too, too much, but his, his initial video where he um, declared an uprising against the military top brass. Mm. Um, he did a, a bit of a, a rant talking about how the Ukrainian war is based on lies and how it's some some, some quite bizarre claims about how it's not um, a threat for it to join NATO and such on. And it felt like that was just pure opportunism on his, on his part of possibly saying things that he didn't necessarily believe to appease people who were currently his enemies, but it might need to depend on in the future. So say if it did, does break out to a wider conflict with the Russian state, maybe then he can sort of say, well, I, I did say this in this video, so maybe Ukraine and Russia won't, uh, Ukraine and, and the West won't hate me as much. and They'll think that I was just being used like other people were. It felt like a, a back a sort of backdoor clause for himself. Okay, I see. You mean like, okay, I, know, I think what you mean. I think I, I think I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that yeah, that video was interesting. I mean, he did say like, oh, the denazification stuff is not actually happening because we traded some uh, prisoners, Azov prisoners, with this politician. Yeah. There. But um, but you know, Prigozhin has also said other stuff in the past which has not been accurate or correct. Um, you know, he, he does get he does have rants. He goes on these rants, and and, and he seems like quite a loose cannon. Um, yes, evidently so. But um, as we predicted last week, or this week actually, I should say, uh, when we recorded, we said we talked, we said this: having two armies, uh, you know, yep. having that situation where you don't have one commander over everything. We saw what happened in Sudan, and yep. we were, um, yeah, a bit closer to home than we thought. Uh, we didn't know that this was going to happen like this. But again, like with the whole, you know, tail wagging the dog kind of thinking, um, this story is the fallout so it's not like Prigozhin was you know unilaterally decided he was going to go to moscow and try and get rid of the defense minister and, and do whatever this this coup effectively um the effort to bring wagner into the army was already happening we know that was happening that's been 
in news for, for weeks. Um, after Bakhmut, there was very clear, A, because of the fact that Prigozhin was already saying all these things, these prog problematic things, which, you know, is, as a unit unit of, uh, of military, you shouldn't really be doing that, Can't, you know, um, uh, having disputes with the leadership in the open. But also yeah. just yeah. under law, it's it's an illegal, P, P, the PMC is illegal, but Ragnar is illegal. Um, yeah, so this coup, attempted coup, attempted road trip, uh, was us seeing that come into life. The fact that he didn't actually, I guess, want to hand over. It's yeah. quite obvious yeah. that he didn't. That was, I don't know what the details are, but I imagine that he had some sort of ultimatum. Okay, you've got to hand over the troops. I believe they were offered new contracts. And that was also, yeah, the, the, the moment when he was like, okay, well, screw this. I'm not losing right now. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to, um, yeah, hand over. But the, the thing, the little detail I quite liked in all of his videos is that he clearly is not confident enough to take on Putin. So he'll never say, I'm going to Moscow to get rid of Putin or stop Putin or whatever. He'll go, yeah. the president is being lied to by the defense ministry and they need to be removed. I'm going there to, to you know, stop the defense ministry or change the defense ministry. He would never say, I'm overthrowing Putin. Uh, yeah. which, show, which shows how strong A, Putin is or how B, weak um, he thinks his position is. Yeah, um, it's sort of like how central to uh, the sort of neo-Russian nationalism that Putin it almost to an extent it almost revolves around him ever since the the, the russian state um as we know it as has existed since uh, 1991 has majority of that has been shaped and built by putin, putin and his uh and his multiple governments mm -hmm. um so he is sort of a central character so so it does sort of make sense in in that sort of regard um that not to draw too much of a comparison but if you were to look at a sort of a figure like um the emperor of japan in in sort of during world war ii and after world war ii not that i'm comparing these two at any other level than the base level of mm. he was sort of seen as almost infallible and then anything that went wrong it was the fault of the generals under him mm, 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 and mm, mm, I, I feel like that's sort of what uh the Wagner chiefs are sort of suggesting now uh, yeah. it's too dangerous to go after Putin himself and it would mm -hmm. backfire because you're sort of on his tailcoats of popularity and nationalism. Yeah. Um, but yeah. to go after um, Sorgu and the, the the other military brass, that that's doable. Yeah. So that's how we said it. it's not a coup. So I'm only going after the military leadership, not the government leadership. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a yeah. fine distinction to make when, the military leadership is appointed by Putin. Putin has said that this is a stab in the back. This is treason. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, also, even though he doesn't say, I'm going after Putin, he says, I'm going after the defense minister, it's, you know, you have to be almost a child or no, I have no understanding of how our government works because who appoints the defense ministry? It's, yeah. It is Putin's defense ministry. Um, so it is directly a, a challenge to him, but without, you know, but, just but just so veiled so thinly veiled yeah that um you know that, that it's just 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 trying to avoid the the political damage of actually mentioning Putin. but yeah um and obviously tapping into resentment that they might have in sort of hindsight him. now you could sort mm. of see the air uh, sort of foreshadowing on that in the past few months with his videos everything is blame of we're losing so many men because of the failing we're being failed by our military leadership hmm He's been leaving breadcrumbs for his plan. 
I feel like yeah he, yeah it was basically telling the Russian people that he can do it better than them yeah yeah you're right yeah I think overall uh this was a really daft plan though I, I don't think this was this was definitely not his plan actually this was his last resort uh yeah. because twenty-five thousand troops at best um yeah some 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 Russian border guards didn't stop them you know they they you could say that they were, you know, uh, wouldn't say com com uh, compliant. Sympathetic. Yeah, sympathetic, yeah. But not necessarily joining the, what, yeah. what could have been a revolution. Um, no, like... And I think yeah. a lot of them would be told not to stop them. Yeah, I, I think that's true as well. That 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 there was a very yeah. sort of tactical about where and how to slow yeah. them down. They were, they were, they did yeah. fight. Slow them, push them in certain safe directions. Yeah. But as soon as yeah. you shoot at them, they shoot back. Now you're in a now you're in a conflict. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think there was very uh, because of the way that they they got into a city straight away in, in Rosovov Den, um, they occupied a military base there. There's videos online of they brought the army chief out berating him. It, it looked the the army chief was trying to hold his composure like he was voluntary mm -hmm. voluntary there, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it felt like the Wagner fighters their demeanor. And the aesthetic of it all, it looked like hostage video. But they mm. all had the rifles still on them. He was clearly unarmed. He was like, well, I'm mm. here by my own um, my own free will. It's like, you don't look mm. like they're by your own free will. Mm. The fact that you're ushered in by mercenary fighters doesn't look... Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I was, I was reading a lot of the, the telegram. So you had you have the sort of um, Wagner telegram, and then you have yeah. Wagner sort of sympathetic. Then you have the sort of more normal russian sort of ministry of defense uh, telegram channels and it was there were some differences it was quite interesting but also as you could see in the the comments so these channels are quite big they have tens maybe fifty thousand or hundred thousand um, people following them and you can see the reaction so bear in mind this is an audience of sympathetic uh, followers yeah. you could see when they made a post about the fact that the troops had just uh, entered Prigoz uh what's it called voronezh uh, the city 200 kilometers north uh, south of um, moscow you could see it was some likes but lots of uh, like maybe five thousand likes but maybe three thousand um, angry reacts or angry yeah. uh, uh, showing showing that they were not happy. So that's yeah. it. It's like if you were to ask me about the, the rants of him before Friday and his frustration with with the military's handling of certain situations, I I, I would say yeah, I'm completely sympathetic hmm. to Wagner's criticism of Russian supply lines, hmm. but that then doesn't justify this this action that he took and. I don't feel like there's a connection, enough connection between his criticism and the action. I feel like this was an excuse. He did it mm. because he wanted to. Mm. It was, in my in my view, personal ambition. It was opportunism and it was he wanted to better yeah. his station. He thought this would work for his own for his own greed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think he, he definitely seems to have yeah, a lot of personal ambition and greed. Uh and uh that, that's the part that I think worries me is then sort of where where does this go? And if we think about the courses of action, so the one where he slowly fades away and doesn't have a an important political role going yeah. forward, I, I don't know if that's realistic, to be honest. I can see either one or two being more likely and one being that basically it's assassinated in a few months, maybe, um, or... That yeah, you know, exiling a bald Russian man um, for political reasons 
with a historical president. This is a joke that Nixon made earlier. Um, you know, that doesn't necessarily always end well. Uh, and he is popular. I mean, I know he's not yeah. as popular as, as, as Putin. I think this action might have damaged his popularity. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But I see what happened. Because under, the Russian, under Russian law, still, private military contractors are still actually illegal in Russia. Yes, that's, well, that's, that's why they're sort of trying to fold them in, yeah. Yeah, so I think what will happen is that Russia will still maintain a business working relationship with um, the Wagner Group. Uh, but yeah. now, since the, as part of this negotiation, which will will approach soon, um, yeah. he is now basically, and the Wagner Group is now based in Belarus now. Um, mm. So I think it's going to be kept at arm's length. So basically, now it's it, it's it's it gives you a better alarm clock that as soon as you see Wagner approaching Russia's border, um, yeah, you, you yeah. know, it, it's sort of, it's sort of like the old Roman law of um, not marching your army into Rome, no general, and as yeah. soon as they cross the Tibrus, um, you know, they're coming to seize power. So I yes. think Russia, the Russian border is now the Tibrus River. And... Yeah, that's a good, good, good way of looking at it. I, I, yeah. I also think that, yeah, you've got a nice sort of third partner with uh, Lukashenko, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who also can observe them and, and, and report, like, okay, these guys are, are, are preparing or doing something. Yeah. something like and Lukashenko, and, for, for his for his payment for that, he probably thinking, well, the wagon will probably be handy people to keep hand for yeah, um, yeah. When, when the next election comes around and, <laughs> and yes. the opposition try the same same thing again. So yeah. he, yeah, he wouldn't mind the extra security around him. Sure, sure. I mean, now now people are talking about uh, that Wagner will now launch an attack from the north again uh, on yeah. Kiev. Um, I mean, I suppose that's possible. But I think there's a little piece missing here is that the troops, the Wagner troops, have been offered new contracts with the yeah. defense, yeah. you know, Ministry of Defense. Um, a lot of them are ex-Ministry of Defense anyway, a lot of them are VDV and, and Spetsnaz and whatever, um, along with the prisoners, whatever. But the old, you know, the, the, the core of, of it was still just ex-military anyway. So it's, it's not... Um, you know, not, not a crazy idea for them to go back to the military. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm not sure how, what that means on the numbers. I, I mean, I know that, like you said, they've put him in Belarus, but does that mean the company, all of its operations will move to Belarus and it'll become a Belarusian company? Um, still answerable to, you know, the intentions and needs of, of the Putin government? I, I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it, it means that on paper, but in sort of practicality, it nothing very much would change so sure. the thing that you really yeah. want to change is literally their physical location isn't it yeah. it's just to give you yeah. that arm's length yeah 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 yeah, yeah. interesting stuff I, I mean it does it, it is it was an interesting organization i mean uh i think there's something that perhaps we can go into a little bit is from my understanding um you know this kind of thing this pmc private ministry company stuff you know, mercenaries have go back, you know, whatever, centuries. We've always had mercenaries. Yeah. But this, the modern iteration of the PMC, I think there were some examples in the 1960s in the Congo. You had these guys going around and basically answering to the West, but a way for the West, particularly French uh, mercenaries, to go get hold of the mines in Congo during the, the chaos after they assassinated um, and, you know, executed, um, uh, what's his name, Patrice Lumumba. Um, but like the real sort of, ones that we know today the black water and then before they, they still that, exist now they're just under a different name they still do but the one before that actually which i think is the the western sort of most modern equivalent 
and where they get the inspiration from is actually executive outcomes, which is um, a South African one. So after apartheid ended, you had a lot of very well-trained special forces, um, didn't really have a job in the new South Africa. Uh, and so they made executive outcomes, which played a very important role in Sierra Leone. And um, I think the UN actually used them uh, to, to stop um, you know, rebels in, in Sierra Leone or whatever. But yeah, that's this whole thing. But the, the benefit of having a PMC as Blackwater and Executive Outcomes and Wagner have, have shown is that you can have a force that doesn't have the same limitations legally and is not um, wrapped up with, with, um, yeah, with the state, with the government. So it's not subject to the same oversight and budgets and all these kinds of stuff. And also, um, you know, in terms of what they can do. So you can have troops in Russia, Wagner troops, who are answering, sorry, in Syria, who are answering effectively to, to the Russian government, but are not actually a state force. And if they clash with the US troops in Syria, which they have, um, it doesn't quite jump straight to Russian troops are fighting American troops who are at war. It's, it creates this uh, buffer, this zone again, uh, which, is, which is interesting. Um, and also it's, you know, Wagner has been important with their foreign policy, right? So a lot yeah. of these African friendly African nations are friendly now because Wagner has been very effective in training them to uh, fight Islamist uh, fundamentalists, you know, yeah. Burkina Faso, Mali. And, all and that, stuff. that buffer, as you said, is something that was used and exploited by the Americans in uh, the Iraq war, where there'd mm -hmm. be uh, reported war crimes committed by American troops and then the investigation would say, oh, it wasn't us, it was the it was Blackmore mercenaries that hired to yeah. protect the site, so our hands are clean. So yes. the Americans use this trick as well. Yeah. Yeah. And also casualties too, right? So if if yeah. if, if American contractors have died, not American troops. Um so it, it plays that role too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh so yes. I didn't quite catch it. What do, what do you think is going to happen with 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 progression? Do you think you'll stay there and just work? Um, with a new sort of iteration of Wagner, what do you what's your guess? So, we don't know what the negotiation was, um, other than them leave. How it ended, it ended with a bit of um, a Mexican standoff, because uh, they mm -hmm. were in uh, Ros uh, of Den on Den, um, reported just outside. There was videos on Telegram that showed a uh, convoy of Chechen fighters yes. surrounding the city, yeah, um, mm -hmm. getting ready to move in on, on Putin's command and attack Wagner. Um, so Wagner were pinned. It was very, it very much was a Mexican standoff. Wrong, one wrong move and everyone starts shooting at each other. Um, so I think it gave him a bit of a powerful position to negotiate of we'll leave, we'll calm things down, but we do want at least the weapons to carry on fighting so i i think that wagner will return to the battle state the battlefield mm. um that they've been used for the past few months as one of the main sort of um offensive forces so what happens is yeah. wagner uh take a city then the russian regular army move into taking um garrison of the city afterwards yeah that's uh, offensive force so i think yeah. if russia want that relationship to carry on which they will i imagine and do I hope that this agreement is to give them better weapons or give them better ammunition. But then you'd think, well, how dangerous is that to give better guns to the people that have just threatened to move on to Moscow? Right, right. I, I, I think that they are going to be much smaller. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to 
if not the entire company be collapsed within the into the army uh, into the defense ministry yeah, um, yeah. I, I think a large portion of their troops will be uh if they can operate from belarus with a similar arrangement as they had before um yeah then maybe they, do, they will do that but i, I don't think they're going to have that as big of a force particularly armed by russians now yeah um, yeah interestingly enough i found um an article this morning i'm just gonna get this up yeah yeah which i thought was an interesting sort of Oh, that's interesting. Yes. Yeah. So Gurkha Force is joining Wagner due to this policy that Russia have offered of incorporating them in, it, into the Russian armed forces. They get Russian citizenship. So Gurkhas, as anyone, any of our British audience will know, and um, the Gurkhas are known as absolutely fierce fighters, as the article says. Um, they were quite a celebrated part of the British armed forces for a long time. Yes, uh, we still are. Still are. Yeah, it's still are. Yeah. still Gurkha yeah. regiments, isn't there? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so, so, so they are known to be great fighters. So now there seems to be some sort of influx in Nepal right. of joining Wagner for the sole reason of getting Russian citizenship. Uh, the fact that it's, it's our Asia Times, it's probably quite small numbers. Um, sure, sure. But I thought that. That was quite a significant development, and I can imagine that, that's that is interesting. Yeah, they, they might are actually... in other places as well. It might seem yes. as um, a shortcut for legal mi legal migration. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It's that, that that is interesting. I mean, I suppose it is quite at least appealing to to some of the Nepalese guys. Yeah, that they would get citizenship and access to all of that. Uh, I mean, at, at least you're getting access to more land if you get Russian citizenship versus. British yeah. is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, but on the other hand, I suppose with Russia, the issue hasn't been the lack of manpower. It's always sort of been the lack of now usable equipment. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that is interesting. I'm curious. I wonder, I wonder what they're doing to, to, to counter the, the recruitment. <laughs> so one thing that I did... Uh, notice in the videos where uh, they were speaking to the the armed the military brass in that they sort of captured, and um, one of the counterpoints that they threw back was, "You do realize that they're now celebrating in Kiev with champagne because of what's happened today," and that point just didn't sort of sink either did sink in, and like my theory earlier on that. A lot of this opportunism he was keeping ukraine in sort of the back pocket thinking well mm -hmm. if i do need to sort of swap sides i've said enough mm -hmm. bad things about the war now to make it look plausible mm -hmm. that I, I was never on board the whole time yeah um, yeah but yeah he i think this has done harm to russia to the war effort even though it, he didn't say oh i didn't name drop putin i didn't criticize putin that doesn't matter you've made the russian position mm -hmm. look weak at a time of that in putin's state of the union address where he, he referenced um the the october revolution uh saying that when we were fighting and well really the february revolution when we were mm -hmm. fighting world war ii 
the civil war broke out at home, which jeopardized our, our rear flank and ended the war. Mm. So obviously he, he he's going from an angle of against the Russian yes. Revolution as he does in yeah. Public, yeah. Um, just for politics sake. Um but yeah, that, that argument is sort of true. Like if you if you're fighting a you expect your rear to be safe. Yes. And yes, yeah. you surprise this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, opening up an internal front, um, dividing your own troops. If there is discontent, then troops will join. Uh, yeah, it does massively undermine, undermine yeah. the eagle effort. Luckily, it only lasts 24 hours. Um, I think on some level, uh, I, I, we talk about the damage to Putin maybe in a moment specifically, but um, there was, you know, some people have, have, have tried to spin this as it might be four-dimensional chess that uh, that this is actually a tactic that uh, Prigozhin did this and the Russians done this so that it would lure the Ukrainians into a massive uh, you know ex overextended push perhaps and then they would exploit it. Yeah. I don't think yeah. that's happening. I don't. No, think that's I don't think that's happening at all. I don't think any. I, I, the, the guys at the Duran also don't think this is two things ridiculous. No, so I think that's happening. But yeah, so coming back to the point of um, damage to Putin, I think this would does you know has damaged uh, it, it's shaken his image a little um the fact that you can some troops can you know just drive almost all the way to, to moscow you know sort of hundreds of kilometers across the country in weapons with weapons and tanks and whatever yeah um, it's not a stable safe kind of thing and they they, they they were they you know some of them did die they did shoot down a couple of helicopters uh, there was some fighting um which is yeah terrible uh yeah. for, them, for them, and i think for this them. this is sort of where america had that um advantage when they were using PMCs, that their PMCs were fighting way over broad where they didn't share a home border with mm. the home country they're coming from. Uh, if you're going to, I think this is a warning that I think PMCs in general are a terrible idea. Mm. And, uh, it's a very dangerous idea in the first place. I would have never yeah. allowed it to be brought into creation in the first place. Um, having two armies is always dangerous. You've got two strong personalities and yeah. he in his uh Wagner's sort of accusations it was all against them um, what was what was his name the secretary of defense his accusations are oh he's just started this war in ukraine because he wants to get um be made marshal so he was acting like it was all done from one person's ego where yes it was his own it was yes. his own ambition and his own ego yeah. that has caused the situation right now. He's not, yeah. it's not so good so going on onto uh, Telegram making videos, bitching and whining. It, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's the one making these videos, slamming like, like we both come from political backgrounds, you know, in, in especially in, in like a, a communist party, criticism and self criticism is such an important part of party building, but you yeah. keep it internal if i've got mm. a problem with the communist party i'm not going to go onto facebook saying oh i think the party should be doing this you, you bring it where the criticism yeah. is needed and where it can be managed if some That's outsider true. says oh what are your criticisms of your party <laughs> join the party and find out i'm not going to tell yes. you yeah yeah that's yeah, not yeah. constructive that's just slagging yeah. the party off yeah. it's the same thing like what he was doing wasn't constructive criticism it was destructive criticism. It was criticism that every time you put one of these videos up, it gets a thousand likes from Ukrainian fanboys. 
Yes, yes, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, and I can't think of any other time where you had an important, effectively a general, uh, commander of a, a, you know, a large force. Uh, yeah. Yeah, doing that publicly, no. saying, oh, we're running out of ammo, uh, or, you know, short, short, and also not even, you know, the, if being vague would be bad enough. You're like, oh, we're not getting showing enough ammo. Bodies. Enough. Showing bodies. And then saying, you know, Shoigo fucking get the bodies or fucking look at this you know like swearing yeah. like say and like mentioning specifically like yeah i've never ever heard like of, of this like from a command no, no. like it's in completely unprofessional yeah yeah, yeah yeah and i suppose yeah. this would be a good sort of time then to talk about him like because he, he was not a military man he was mm. a con man yes and a hot dog salesman uh, yeah <laughs> he was a cook <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, yeah. I mean, in all fairness, I mean, he has created a very effective fighting force. So, so you can't fault him on that. Like the, 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 the units in Wagner that fought in Bakhmut, you know, they, they won. They beat what the best, the best units the Ukrainians armed and, and yep. paid for by NATO could, could give them. They, they won. Um, and as you know, they, Zelensky has sheepishly admitted in the last few days, uh, which was very underreported, where he's admitted that the counter-offensive has been slow. I mean, it's failed. You bigged it up for months and months and months, and you've slammed it against the yes. uh, Russian lines, yeah. and it's done close to little. I've seen yeah. a couple of villages being taken. You've lost a lot of NATO armor. Yes, yeah. No, and we've finally seen, you know, uh, the, the invincible machinery, the Wunderwaffen, uh, the Wonder yeah. Weapon, uh, you know, Leopard Tanks, are not invincible. We already knew this. They've been blown up in Syria on the Turkish border. But, you know, there still is this Challenger 2 thing to happen. We haven't seen them, uh, no casualties on those yet. But, yeah, uh, ah, the, the counteroffensive has started and it's not going well. It's going slowly. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. What's interesting, uh, just a last point then for me on this one is uh, the Global Times, the Chinese newspaper, Chinese Communist Party newspaper, um, has described, you know, the front line as being a stalemate. Um, I think there's a, that's a strong, you know, description. I think we, we could say that's true. Uh, I think we still need to wait a few more weeks because once the moment, any of this momentum, uh, or just the forces, the 12 brigades that we know are there for this counteroffensive, once they've spent more time fighting, um, and lose any of the sort of capacity that they have, if the Russians exploit that, then what well, I think the last moment for the next sort of phase of this is, is, is after that. So once those 12 brigades are, are worn out and spent, that we might see a push by Russia. Um, but if we don't, then I think we are. We could say it's in stalemate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, to be honest, we, we've sort of said something similar on, on our show for quite a while, but this, the border where it is now, um, it does look like it's going to be sort of a forever line. It's not really changed dramatically. Yeah. As you get into the south around Kershon, the yeah, front no, line that's... has basically fallen over a natural border anyway going along Correct. the river. Yes. If you were to draw a map of a country on the area, you'd probably use that river as a sensible yes. border in itself because it's yes. easily defendable. Yes. Um, so I can't, unless there is a dramatic failing, I, I would have expected Ukraine to take what's gone on over the past few days as an excuse to mount an offensive. Um, yeah. It's difficult to tell from the numbers uh, when you see the videos of Wagner in um, Rostov on, on Den. Mm -hmm. th there was quite a bit of tanks, quite a, quite a bit of army armor. 
Um, a lot of it looked quite um, sort of rugged, like it just mm. like they looked battle scarred, like mm. they'd been moved from the front line. They didn't look mm. Mm. like spare mm. troops lying around. Yeah. So I'm wondering how many of these have come from places where they were needed, and if mm. they've left anywhere sort of unmanned doing this stunt. If mm. they have, and yeah. they Ukraine take territory because of Wagner's. And that needs an answering. Yeah, 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 that would be unforgivable on sort of on Wagner's end. Sure, sure. So just on that, I, I do know. So the the Wagner troops were on leave basically. So after they right. finished Bakhmut, they handed over Bakhmut to the Russian uh, regulars yep. and were on leave. And they were supposed to con commence operations, I think, on August first week of August, maybe. Um, that 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 date you kept hearing different dates. Some said July, some said August. But the bottom line is they were on uh, leave. Yeah. They were on leave, but also we know that they were on leave. And even though they were going to go back to the front, but they were never they were never going to go back to the front as Wagner. They were going to be adopted because this this legal problem, and also because of you know his behavior, precautions behavior, yeah. that was on the cards too. Like that was happening, and this is yeah, that's why we saw what we saw. Um, yeah, uh, on just the border thing, um, I, I do think that maybe the Russians would want to either take Kramatorsk and the other city that's just 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 to the south of that the two is there's two small cities that form the last of the Donetsk region but it's not um you know a decisive sort of piece of territory i think it's just a a bit more of a buffer that they would want so that they can claim that they have all of the Donetsk area but yeah they have all of Luhansk they have most of Donetsk they have the the the, the cities of of uh, you know Donetsk city itself and Luhansk cities um so they could yeah they could hold there and, and the one thing i did say uh, notice this is um it's from Zelensky so you know you can tell how confident Zelensky is depending on what he says to the west actually rather than to his own people or anything because he's confident when he says you know we're going to take this all the way back to Crimea um but the other day might have been yesterday he said you know Ukraine must be and will be uh, Europe's eastern flank we will hold the eastern flank and that is what we need to do. So rather than talking about claiming everything back, um, he's talking about, well, you know, our job is to be a f defensive. And that implies that, you know, setting the lines in now and, and, and basically it implies. I mean, it's a lot yeah. of implication, on my, uh, you know, speculation on my part. But so he's happy with his country just being a country of trenches to the end of sure. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and also where it is now. It doesn't necessarily. But again, that's just one speech, but it's a speech that is unusual compared to his other yeah. speeches. Um, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It will sort of be interesting to see how this goes on. Um, well, we've got the NATO meeting coming up in July, so we'll see uh, what they'll have to say. Obviously, they're going to be really happy about this. Obviously, the West has been really happy about this yes. this uh, twenty-four hour coup. Uh, luckily, it didn't get any worse. And luckily, uh, we're sitting here, and it's not. We're not doing an episode about the civil war, <laughs> day yeah. three or four, whatever it is now. Um, so glad it's over yeah yeah so uh, as much as to say that like, because obviously uh the wagon chief he was it was um a chef it was putin's chef as it was, it was called uh so if we were to refer to what america wanted being a palace coup this was sort of like a kitchen coup um and one that didn't take to fruition <laughs> yeah right right <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah, I don't think that we've got very much on on that. I'd no, say that's, that's all for me. That's all for me. Twenty-four hour 
story. We've got a beginning, middle, and end. So um, hopefully this, this is the last we'll hear of it. I think so. I, I think it's not necessarily the last we'll hear of Pogorjin. Uh We'll see what happens to him. I don't think it's going to yeah. go well for him, but we'll see. Hopefully it's part of the negotiation as they took his telegram off him. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, cool. All right, Chris, thank you very much. All right. I'll speak to you shortly. See you soon, everyone. Bye-bye. Subscribe. Thanks for listening to Proletarian Radio. We aim to bring you the best Marxist analysis on current affairs, revolutionary history, and theory. Do like, comment, subscribe, and share our content to help us reach the widest possible audience. We are a small organization with limited resources, and we need workers' support if we are to grow and fulfill our mission. If you are able to make a one-off or regular donation, no matter how small, please visit our website at thecommunists.org and register as a supporter.